Book of Ephesians. Book of Ephesians, chapter 4. We're inching or versing our way through <laughs> the book of Ephesians. A very practical book I say each time. The Christian and his behaviour. We've been looking at right through chapter 4 and we come to the end of chapter 4 and it really just continues into the next chapter. Therefore, <laughs> be ye therefore. Because we are Christians, be ye therefore. And uh, we got to the last verse of chapter 4. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you, as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for these very pertinent and personal instructions. And Lord, these are things that Christians should be doing we should be doing this is the way we should be behaving in a godless world to show what godliness is like because we are followers of the lord and imitators of him and i pray that you bless our walk as well as our talk and our fellowship tonight as we study and pray in jesus name amen <coughs> Okay, <clears throat> we've looked at the ungrieved Holy Spirit and we uh, were looking at the ungrudging human spirit. If you got your bulletin from last week there, I think that's listed down there in the back of the bulletin. <clears throat> things to be discarded that we looked at, some of the things last week and there's other things we'll look at this week. Um, but there's things to be displayed in verse 32. Be ye kind to one another. Kindness. <laughs> now here are spiritual graces that are contrary to the soul-destroying grudges of verse 31 and 32. I mean, 30 and 31. <clears throat> Christian courtesy is kindness. And sometimes there's not much kindness in this world today. And when we see it, we praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> Is just talking to Lorna yesterday, actually. <laughs> she was in the supermarket trying to do a bit of shopping. And uh, she got a, all of her five bags there, ready to go, and she just couldn't get away from the counter. She's about to, she's hanging onto the counter to stay upright. <clears throat> and some uh, dear soul, she said, <laughs> helped her and got a hold of her and got her across to her seat. And then proceeded to see if she could get up or not and then called an ambulance and did a lot of things for her. I don't know if she is a Christian, but that's the sort of thing as we see an, in, an opportunity to, to help and show kindness we ought to. Um, you know, just dash to it. And when the opportunity arises, you never know. If there's an unsaved person you're helping, you might have an opportunity to talk to them about the Lord. Um, and that's not the motive, but to show that kindness and be kind to one another. This is talking in the Christian circles. Here, 
Christian courtesy in this world today is needed, isn't it? And the next one is tender-hearted. Tender-hearted. Uh, more intense than kindness, this word is. It's to be full of deep and mellow affection. Tender-hearted. Um, have you ever exp um, explained someone to be tender-hearted? You know what happens with age? We become the opposite to tender-hearted. We become, it happened to the Jews, having a whole nation of Israel, hard-hearted, isn't it? it? It's so easy to become that way. Well, they deserve it. Well, you know, if they weren't so foolish and did that. But tender-heartedness, you know, we need to display that. And um, can you think of someone like that? Can you... And <coughs> It might be a young person, it might be a child. You can, yeah, they've got it. <laughs> they've got that tender-heartedness. They, they display it. When other children are hurt, they help. They jump to it. Others just walk all over the top of them, keep on playing. And it comes, I pray it comes with our Christian experience and growth that this tender-heartedness is there. Forgiving is the next one in verse 32. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. <coughs> and so, <coughs> doing this rather than magnifying the faults of others, we're to be forgiving. Because we have been forgiven, as it reads here. It's not a matter of have to because the law said so, but it's because we want to because grace makes us so. Huh. Not law, but grace. Um, <coughs> we have this talked about in the Beatitudes back in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14, uh, 12, 14 and 15. I'll read those to you. Matthew, Matthew 6 verse 12 reads, and forgive us in, in the Lord's prayer here or the model prayer and after the Beatitudes <laughs> and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then down in verse 14, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you, your trespasses. And we're talking about the bitterness of soul last week, weren't we? And uh, the person that doesn't forgive becomes bitter. And, and they're walking in unforgiveness toward others. And God is looking down, you know, I just want to forgive you, but I can't until you start forgiving other people. Start forgetting about those things. Forgiveness is... Not bringing it up again, forgetting about it. <laughs> Leave it with the Lord. And uh, it might be hard sometimes because it, the Lord doesn't react like us. You know, instant. It takes days, weeks, years <laughs> for that correction to take place in the other person's life. And so we take it in our own hands to do it and, and, and have a lack of forgiveness. And the Lord sees that and is very displeased and then <clears throat> remember the man that had the great debt and the man that had the little debt the man that had the, the little debt towards him uh, he, 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 got, he was got a hold of by the throat and um, he had to pay all eventually and in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21 the, the disciples asking the question how, you know, how much do we have to forgive when is it that we don't you know there must be a limit. Then came Peter to him and said in verse 21, Lord, how oft have my brother sinned against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? 
<coughs> Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee until seven times, not unto thee seven until seven times, but seventy times seven. And so this is the <laughs> this is what the Lord has laid down under grace. Not law, a certain number, but grace innumerable number of times as God forgives us. Um, <clears throat> let's go to Romans chapter 12. Now in, Coloss- in, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 we have three. We have the three we've just mentioned, kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness. Romans chapter 12. And again, Paul has done the doctrinal thing, the studies uh, in the early chapters and now he's teaching practical things because this is what the truth is. This is how we ought to behave, just as he's doing in Ephesians. And chapter 12 and verse 9. Let love be, and in where we are, in the next chapter it talks about love in the context of what we're studying. And here he said, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. It's abhorrent to you when you see evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned. Here it is. One toward another with brotherly love. In honour, preferring one another. That's putting the other, the other person first, isn't it? And I think one of the major things, it's there in Philippians and it's here, And it's in other portions of scripture that the Christians ought to show in their behavior is think not on your own things, but think on the things of others. It's such a rudimentary thing of the Christian life. Thinking about others. Look not on your own things, I think it's said in Philippians. Look not, but look on the things of others. What are your interests? What is happening in your life? You know, we all tend to do it. When we ask the question, we're just waiting to skip in and tell them about us too. <laughs> ask it, but sometimes, you know, you have to listen for a long time. <laughs> to the, and that's what we are to do as Christians. Looking at the things of others, preferring one another, not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. <clears throat> Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, serving the Lord. Whatever you do, we're doing it for the Lord. Do, do the best job. <clears throat> Don't cut corners. Don't skip things. Do it completely and right. Uh, and you get the opportunity to talk about the Lord then. <laughs> Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Here's a list of things to do as Christians. <laughs> Right down to verse 18, distributing to the necessity of saints. If, you, if the Lord shows you a need in somebody's life, meet it. Given to hospitality. Put people up. Have people in. Meet the needs of others. We've got a few people who've had operations. I know of one man that's taking a, a meal every day to Jeff. Now, Jeff has got his three children home and they're doing a good job too. But somebody's doing that. Just sandwiches, but they're, they're, as far as I can understand. But that's a blessing, isn't it? That, that, that's showing that hospitality. That's, that's hospitality going out of your own home into somebody else's and, and meeting there. Now, 
I do say, if you go to Jeff's house, knock on the door, but don't walk in. Because there's two dogs that look mean ass. And if you're listening, Jeff, sorry about the dog description, but <laughs> he's a little, a little bit, like I say, little. They're not, they're not real big. <laughs> but um, just knock and then step back and let them open the door. Don't. I went into a, day, a house with an Alsatian once, not the door that opened, I just walked in and the Alsatian got me flat on the ground instantly. <laughs> I was just, oh, <laughs> didn't see that coming. <laughs> but I don't think, <clears throat> anyway, ask Merv. <laughs> he, he walked in once <laughs> and he had a, a, a few little bites on his leg. Well, I don't know if little. <laughs> but <laughs> hospitality, it might cost you. <laughs> but... God wants that of Christians. This is Christian behaviour. This is Christianity in action. And you think of the early Christians. They were persecuted. They were hunted. They were hounded. They lost their jobs. They were all over the place. They were scattered about the persecution arising from Stephen and went everywhere preaching the gospel, taking the gospel with them. And there needed to be those people, those Christians out in far away places that... uh, these Christians were coming, they didn't know them, but they put them up. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Mind not high things. Not get with the highfalutin ones, but condescend to men of low estate. What a description of Christianity. You think of Paul's life before he became a Christian. You go through that list. Completely changed, wasn't it? He used to do the opposite to this. But now through the Spirit of God, he pens these things down. <coughs> and the list is also, not only Ephesians, Romans, but it's given in Colossians. <coughs> Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. Back near where we are, Colossians 3 and verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed. Who, who, who was talking about this just recently? Putting, uh, I actually it was in this portion. We had a speaker on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Gary. <laughs> Gary spoke about these, yeah, some of these things that he, he went through. He put old clothes off and new clothes on, and the difference in the people's lives that the gospel had made. Um, <clears throat> yeah, these are the things listed. Put, sorry. Yes, for for the people there, to see it themselves through the ministry of the word and the spirit of God, but have put on the new man, that's renewed in the knowledge of the Lord. Verse twelve. There, put on these things: kindness, humbleness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, and the list goes. And they're very they cross over with the other portion there. Let's go back to Ephesians. And <clears throat> so you can, right next to these, this verse 32, Romans 12, verse 9 to 18, and Colossians 3, 10 to 17, or thereabouts. We, we move on to the next verse. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And in the, in the outline, this is a categorical demand. We've gone through, this is the sixth point in the Christian in his behaviour 
behavior and the, in his moral behavior in his moral relationships and here's a categorical demand love is to be enthroned we notice that there in the verse I just read verse 1 and verse 2 where it comes up and walk in love love is to be enthroned and as you read other portions of scripture that speak about love if you're going to talk about love to somebody or a, Christ, a Christian or was maybe wanting to grow in the Lord want to know about love where would you go what, what scripture would you go to to show them what Christian love is okay we've got we've got both of them the, one, the two I was thinking of the one in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and tells you what love is and how it will be displayed and then you've got First John and, and, and John's Gospel itself. And particularly in First John, it sort of narrows it down. And there he describes love as giving. The new birth places in us, or places us in a new family. The world has its clubs, it has its lodges, it has its entertainment and fraternities, but it's nothing like the family of God. They get there for a common cause of having a good time and flaunting the flesh. Christians do not get together to, to do that. Oh, we can have a good time, but not around the things that they have to get them excited and fulfilling the lust of the flesh. <coughs> we fulfill the desires of the spirit, walking in the, in the family of God. <coughs> Satan hates the, the church family indeed any family because it's God's idea and he wants to destroy it in God's family we are followers as it reads in verse 1 followers of God and that word followers can also be termed imitators imitators <laughs> you say humans imitators of God yeah that's what the words say just as children imitate their parents or imitate their brothers or sisters. It's, it's really so. <laughs> so we should imitate our Heavenly Father. And how do, how, how do we know what he's like? Read the Bible. <laughs> Become familiar with the Bible. Meditate in the Bible, in the words of Scripture. And we get to know what the Lord is like. His character, his nature. His behaviour. And we are to imitate the Lord. God is long-suffering. <laughs> long-suffering. We're so short-suffering with people often, but God is long-suffering. God is waiting for people to repent. We want them to do it now. God is wanting, wanting you know, the, the, the prodigal sons to, to come to their senses we want them to do it now. We don't want them to even get out of the yard. But sometimes they have to get out to realise how bad it is before they come back in. And sometimes it takes years for prodigal children to come home. Pray they never leave. Pray that they stay with the Lord, with the family, in the family. But the Lord, as he said, went out looking for that one lost sheep, didn't he? To bring them back into the fold. So in the context here, we are to imitate him in Christian love and be followers of him in this because faith, hope 
and love. And what does the Bible say? The greatest of these three is love. That's it. <laughs> and the Lord said that. And as we said in First John, and we'll go there. First <clears throat> John. Here's the First John three sixteen. We've got John three sixteen. Here's the First John three sixteen. Speaking of the Lord's love. We have, by this perceive we, this is what we understand when we read the word and see God in action. By this perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay it down, or lay down our lives for the brethren. Let's get practical. What have we done? What have we done to lay our life down for the brethren? Yeah, we're to imitate God in love. He laid his life for us. What have we done to lay our life down? Now, I don't want you to answer because then it would be boasting, wouldn't it? <laughs> but what have we done to help somebody else out, even when they didn't know it? How have we prayed for other people? How have we laid down our time <clears throat> for other people? How have we laid down, like with the children, <clears throat> little, your little children, you invest heaps of time in them. And you think as an adult, back to when you was a child, can you remember all that? No. Well, I, we, I lived in three places as I was growing up. <clears throat> I can't remember shifting from one to another. I sort of can remember things at the second place. I was four when I moved there, I was told. <laughs> and then we moved to the farm. I can't remember doing that. I saw a picture the other day when I was about four at the farm, and I think I was 12 when I moved there. I was... Must have been visiting. But all those things that grandparents did, all those things that mum and dad did and that uncles did. I remember laying down their life as the Lord laid down his life, giving up their time. And Uncle Frank, I remember Uncle Frank. He, he, he was not married and then he just got married. This is Frank Lacey. And now his boys are big, 40 plus years old. Um, <clears throat> but he, he treated us like his own children and I think a little bit better because he didn't have the response. <laughs> we weren't his responsibility. He, he could play with us and, and have fun with us even when we were working with him as young teenagers, working with him, picking up the old bale, little square bales of hay and loading them up onto the truck. He had us three boys going flat out. Instead, they didn't, he didn't have one of those picker-upper things, you know. You put on the side of the truck. But he would play pranks on us and play tricks on us and uh, put oranges on the top of the posts and say, now look at that orange. Don't take your eyes off the orange. And then he'd pull the lever and the big weight would come down on top of the orange and posts. Splat! And we were going like this. It might have been dangerous, but he was having fun with us kids like a big kid. But he laid down his time. And, and, and I remember that. And he, he called me Noddy. I don't know why. I shouldn't give these, these private things away, should I? <laughs> and he, he made up a little red car. You know those things you treadle like this? And I saw it the other day. It also reminds me of it in a picture. <clears throat> and uh, I don't know where he got it from. don't know where it went to. <laughs> but it was, it was all made of steel. No plastic in those days. And uh, that was there. Part of the, and, and he made little things up for us. Then, then he got married and he got children of his own. He got busy and he disappeared. <laughs> but 
I was at his funeral able to say, share a few words. And I was talking to one of his sons the other day. He said, oh, I didn't see that in Dad. Isn't that interesting? Because he was Dad and he had to be the disciplinarian and everything else to his own children. But, folks, we need to lay our life down because eternity will tell and reward those that give up and invest in other people. You know, go home and say, what have I, how have I laid my life down? What have I done to help other people? You, know, you could write a list of how I've helped myself. What about others? And outside of your family, you know, we've been talking about family, but outside of your family as well. <clears throat> Here in John, it tells us these practical pointers they're looking at in 1 John 3, 16. 1 John 4, verse 7, tells us again, <coughs> Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him, here in his love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. There is an example we need to imitate. Let us love in this fashion. Love is not getting, it's giving, as we see here and in many other portions there. Chapter 5, verses 1 to 3, and, and right on through chapter 4 there. <clears throat> Love is to be enthroned in God's family if his family is going to move forward. The greatest of these is love. And you have the example, the exhortation in verse 1 and the example in verse 2. Walk, here back in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. I missed my spot. <laughs> there we go. And walk in love. Walk depicts progress, movement. We either move forward or we slide backwards in our Christian life. Are we moving forward? We must keep Calvary before us and make Calvary's love the goal toward which we walk. Love as he loved. Imitate him. The Lord Jesus is the supreme example of love. At Calvary, he expressed his love for us and his love for God in obeying him. In John fifteen thirteen, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Paul said in Romans 5, 8, God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The love that took the Son of God from the heights of heaven's glory and heaven's throne the throne of the universe to the cross of shame and woe is the love that he wants us to imitate. It's a high demand, but that's what he wants of us Christians. Took him to the skull-shaped hill called Calvary to die on our behalf. No tongue can explain that love. What does it say, that poem? If, if, the, if the oceans were a quill or something where you used to dip your old fountain pen in, you couldn't write with all the oceans full of ink the love of God toward mankind. You couldn't pen it. It is so great. The sacrifice that took away our sin, the sin of the world, of all people, if they will but believe. And this identifies Christ and he is the one we should imitate. 
his substitutionary vicarious death upon the cross that we might we might become his children forgiven sins gone as far as the east is from the west and so the exhortation and the example verse 1 and 2 this is the categorical demand began there we'll we'll finish there verses 3 to 7 the next thought there love is to be enthroned and lust is to be dethroned that's the next portion he he, he doesn't give up on pointing out the bad ones either it starts with verse 3 we'll leave that for next time